Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. My contribution to this month's focus lesson will be to just dig a few ditches. I'm going to pour some footers so that those following me will have a foundation to build upon. I'm going to take your attention to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to read from verses 12 through 14. It says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. In Colossians, we read in chapter one that the head of that body is Jesus Christ. You can be seated. We know that what makes the body special is not really the members that make it up, but it is who we are connected to. The body is nothing if it is not connected to the head. The strength that we receive comes from him. The direction that we follow comes from him. He's there to protect us. He's there to guide us. He's there to be there for us. We're never alone. He's always present. We can trust in the one who leads us. God is able and God is faithful. And it's because of him we are who we are in the body. I want to focus a little bit tonight on the topic of bodybuilding. And and here's what I know, what everybody is thinking. From my angle, he's not qualified to speak on this topic. (laughs) I get that. I do. Thankfully, We will not be talking about building our natural body. We will be talking about building the spiritual body. There are many parallels that run between the two. And and Paul does such a good job as he chooses to use the language of the body of Christ as he tries to describe who we are in him. Verse 12 said, For as the body is one and hath many members, And all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13 says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Polar opposites. Whether we be Jews or whether we be Gentiles, we are baptized into one body. Whether we be bond or whether we be free. We are baptized into one body. We are all made to drink 
into one spirit. We are jointed together in the body of Christ. We draw our strength from one another. We encourage one another. We work together to accomplish the will and the purpose of God as the body would be intended to do. Now, I know that sometimes we like to describe the body of Christ or the body of believers as family, right? We've all heard that scripture uses that metaphor as well. But Paul takes it a step further when he starts describing it as the actual body. How many people have family members that kind of rub you the wrong way? Right? You have a cousin. We'll say a cousin because if you say a sister or a brother and they're in this room, it gets awkward really quick. But you have a cousin that maybe you just don't enjoy spending a lot of time with. And so you don't talk to that person very often. You've kind of put them out of your mind and that doesn't affect your day-to-day life at all. You can be who you are. You can get up and you can go to work like you should. You can love your spouse like you should. You can be a good parent like you should. You can come to church and you can worship like you should. Nothing seems to be missing when we're just looking at fellow believers as family. But the moment we turn our focus to what Paul is teaching us here and we start to understand that we're more than just a family, we are part of the body. We're not the body. We're members that make up the body. So while we can ignore our cousin, you can't ignore your leg if you want to take off running. Brother Matthews. Too soon. It's too soon. We understand that the body of Christ is there for us to be a part of so that we can work together to accomplish his perfect will and his plan for not just our lives, but for this earth and the people that we encounter day to day as we're out doing his work. Now, it's difficult when you're part of the body because the body is made up of many members, many members. Now, that sounds really exciting, right? I'm like, man, we got a lot of people on the team. There's a lot of members that I can work with, a lot of people that I can trust, resources I can pull from. And that's all great until you have a member of the body whose personality doesn't really line up with your personality. They see things a little bit different than you see things. When I was in Indiana Bible College, I realized really quick, not everybody's from the city. And country folk don't do things the same way we do in the city. It's altogether different. And I can tell you on their behalf, they probably felt the same way. Not everybody's country. The hustle and bustle of the city life isn't for everyone. But we meet people within the body that are just so different than us. And that's what can put the challenge for us to work together. Because while we're supposed to be one body, we are very different unique individuals. We all come with our own skill set and with our own abilities. We all come with our own baggage. We all work together to accomplish the common goal, but we're not all coming from the same direction. Some of us have been in the church for 10, 15, 22 years now. Some of us are just getting into the church and just becoming a part of the body within the last week or within the last month. Things look different from the eyes 
of someone in the body who is brand new than through the eyes of someone who's been in the body all of their entire life. And if we're not careful, we can walk around on eggshells and intimidated by what everyone else has or the gifts and the talents they possess. And we're unable to work together when we're frightened by their gifts or frightened by their talents. When it doesn't make sense to us why they do the things that they do. Those things are challenges that are presented to the body. But we have to learn to strengthen the body. We have to learn to work together and look past our differences. Because while God knows our differences, he is more concerned about that which draws us together than that which is separating us. In fact, he takes those differences and he uses them to build his kingdom because he doesn't need 25 Juan Lopez's or 65 Pastor Carson's. He needs you. Your life and your gifts matter. Your talents matter. Your personality matters. God desires to use you. He wants to impact your world, your community through you. We need unique personalities. We need people to be different. We need folks that are timid and shy. We need folks that are as bold as a lion. It takes everyone working together for us to accomplish his work. Sometimes, sometimes it can be difficult though. Because in order for the body to encourage members to be there to support one another, those on the receiving end have to be willing to say, okay, I'll take that help. I'll take that encouragement. When I was in Bible college, I was probably less than two months out of getting out of prison. One of the most incredible stories I can tell about what God has done for me in my life is that while I was in prison, Pastor Mooney signed my acceptance letter for me to come to Indiana Bible College. I was released early from incarceration so that I could go to Indiana Bible College. I was prior to going to prison. I was only two months of receiving the Holy Ghost. So a lot of my training as being part of the body took place in incarceration where there were not a whole lot of other Christians. So when I got out and I came to Indiana Bible College, I was so excited about it. I loved it. And I got there a few months early, so I was working towards the end of the semester, and then I was going to work through the summer so that I could prepare myself to be ready to go that next semester. I was in work release, so I was not just free to roam where I wanted to. So I would leave work release and go to Indiana Bible College to work off my tuition day, uh, day in and day out. And after about several months, I was able to save up $500. It seemed like a fortune to me then. And I was saving that money because I didn't own a single item of dress clothing. Now, I had scoured the dorms for every IBC student and young man that was too lazy to take his stuff home with him, and I found... Thank you, guys. <laughs> my first two dress belts came from one of those rooms. I don't want to gross you out, but my first four pairs of dress socks came from one of those rooms. Bravo. 
But school was starting and four pairs of dress socks and two belts was not enough. What happened, I will never forget. Do you know, in every, every setting, there are people that are the popular folks. And then there's those that just, they're good people, but they're just not the popular folks. And in school, oh, in school, it's just so evident who's really popular and who everyone just seems to like. And what happened were there were three young men and man, they were on the popular track for sure. They were good guys. They were, they were good men of faith, but they were popular. And I was the new kid who just got out of prison. They had heard that I was in a little dilemma and that I didn't have much money. They could tell by looking at me, I had no idea how to pair together dress outfits to be ready for school. And so they approached me and they asked me, would it be okay if we took you out and, and helped you to spend that $500 just the best you can to get the most you can out of it? Here's the thing. I needed their help. Oh, you're looking at me now and you're like, you need their help. Back then, I needed their help. I had no clue what I was doing. But when they asked me, there is that moment, right? Where I just feel like, man, as bad as I need their help, I have to admit that I just can't do this. I don't have what it takes to do this on my own. I have to face the reality. And we're not talking deep theology. We're just talking about picking out dress shirts and dress slacks. A couple of ties that match. A suit that doesn't look too bad. That's, that's all we're talking about. But there was that inner struggle within me from member of the body to members of the body where they were there to edify me and help me out. And I was still struggling with, can I allow them to do that? No, they wasn't there to help give me deep theological understanding, although I needed that too. They wasn't there to teach me how to preach and craft an incredible sermon. They were edifying the body in a totally different way. They were just there to encourage me and say, you're not going through this alone. You're, you're not going to face this by yourself. We see that you have this need and you could use some help. And they offered it. Paul Price, Joe Clooney, Chris Inslee, Three men that just gave of themselves to help me out. And I promise you, it was incredible. They taught me things I never knew would work. They said, listen, you've only got this much money. So here's what you do. You buy one tan suit and one Navy suit. That way, start of the week, you can wear the tan suit. Next day, you can wear the Navy suit. Day three, you wear the tan jacket with the Navy suit pants. Day four, navy suit jacket with the tan suit pants. And we've got you through four days of the week and you've only bought two suits. Why am I telling that story? I'm telling that story because the body edifies itself. 
We encourage one another. We strengthen one another. And when we read scripture that talks about that, we often think that it's through like scriptural texts. Like I need to be there to bring a word of encouragement from, from the text to book and give it to them. I need to be there to pray for them. Yes, you need to be there. I need to be there to pray for one another and to encourage one another. But on some levels, edifying the body doesn't look like what we think it looks like every time. They're not, they've probably never given it a second thought. They've never thought about it again what it was like to spend that time with me. But I've never forgot it. I'll never forget it. I keep using examples of myself so I don't have to embarrass anybody else. Indiana Bible College. I'm there and, and I don't have any money so I need to work off a school scholarship program. And so they put me with Norm Mooney. Anybody remember Brother Mooney? Norm Mooney, he could do anything. This guy was a genius. He could fix anything. He could build anything. It wouldn't matter if it was an engine or if it was a house. He could do it. If you haven't learned enough from the story already, I wasn't that guy. I couldn't fix anything. I'd never taken apart plumbing. I'd never cleaned a drain. I'd never done any of those things. And they pair me with Brother Norm Mooney, and they say, he's the one that's going to give you all of your assignments. And I'm going to tell you, it was brutal. <laughs> he would send me to the, in the summertime when no one was there, he would send me to the dorms, and he would just tell me, I need you to change all of the traps on the sinks on this floor. What's a trap? <laughs> but Brother Norm Mooney didn't want to hear that question. He was old school. He was kick you in the pants. Get up there and do it, son. Don't ask questions. I gave you a clear job to do. Go and get that job done. That was just one instance. Over and over and over again. Brother Mooney would just come to me, Norm Mooney would come to me with an assignment and he would just expect me to understand how to do it. And he would push me to go do this and he would push me to go do that. I wish he was here so he could admit that one time he had me take a pickaxe behind IBC, there was this giant mound of dirt that he wanted moved from here to like 20 feet over. And I've got the pickaxe and I'm swinging and I'm hitting the dirt and I'm hitting the dirt and about six swings into it, smack, dead into a brick. Underneath about seven inches of dirt was a pile of bricks. He says he didn't know. Now, I had the Holy Ghost, but remember, I'd only had it for a few months. There were times where I would catch a ride home with my mom, and I don't mean any disrespect. I would just tell her. I would go on and on about Brother Norm, 
how he was treating me. And I'm like, mom, if he, if he, if he, if he does it one more time, one more time, mom, I'm done. I'm done. And it's easy to laugh about now, but there were those moments in the car where I was going to get out to walk back in the work release where my mom would have to lay her hand on me and pray and pray that God would just help me to give me wisdom, help me to understand. So that didn't just end there. Unfortunately, I never earned a bunch of cash. So the whole few years I was at IBC, I had to continue on work scholarship. But what happened was I started to learn how to do things. I figured out what a trap on a sink was. I figured out how to remove a toilet and change a toilet. I learned how to run a weed eater. Country guy's been doing that since you were five. What I realized months and months and now years later, I tell my mom about it. Me and, me and, me and Nora Mooney became really good friends. Very close. At least in my eyes, we're good friends. <laughs> I hope he feels the same way. But what bothered me so much, looking back on it, was actually what I needed to get me further to make it through it. Nobody had ever expected me to do anything. My whole life I was in juvenile, boys school, jail, prison, drug addict, failure, loser, bad grades, kicked out of school. My whole life, the one time I joined a little peewee league for baseball, I made it through one practice. Decided nobody was going to tell me what to do. No one ever expected anything. And so I never did anything. And somehow, Norm Mooney seen right through that. And day after day, as he just expected me to understand, he expected me to be there on time. He expected me to work hard. He expected me to learn from yesterday's job so that I could be better prepared for today's job. He pushed me and he pushed me and he pushed me. And I sat back the other day and I told Brother Jim Sleva, I said, you, Brother Sleva, helped me to understand what it's like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And Norm Mooney helped me understand what it means to be a man. We don't understand always how the body will minister to one another or edify each other. We don't. It oftentimes does come from sitting in the congregation and hearing an incredible sermon. It will come from being part of the congregation and being able to worship because somebody is using their gifts and their talents to lead us into the presence of Almighty God. It can come in those ways, but what I want to encourage us is the body. Is I want us to be reminded that it's not just those things. And you see what God has just done. He's freed every one of us who felt like we didn't have a pulpit ministry so we could not benefit the body. 
He's freed every one of us who feels like because we can't sing or because we can't play, we can't be an encouragement to everyone around us. He's taken away that obstacle and he's removing it from between us and everyone else so that we can now be used to build up the body and edify one another in Christ. God wants to use you. God desires to use you. I want to share the number one thing that I feel like. The number one thing that I feel like can destroy the unity of the body. There's a lot that could go on in a church that can cause a disruption. The list can go on and on on that which can really cause a stir. But nothing tears apart the unity of the body like comparison. Comparison is one of the deadliest things we can do to ourselves. When we compare ourselves to other people, we always come up short. It exaggerates our insecurities. When we start comparing ourselves to other people, we feel like we just don't measure up. I promise you this. If you look around hard enough, you will find somebody that does it better than you. If your mission is to compare yourself to somebody else, you will be disappointed time and time again. When we start comparing ourselves, we allow ourselves to get jealous. We allow ourselves to get upset. The cause of this is because we're thinking that the value of our worth comes from what people see the value of the gift or talent to be. When God looks at us, he sees beyond what is on the surface. When he looks at your life, he sees beyond the things that everyone else can see around you. It is true. It is true that someone's gifts and talents, certain gifts and talents will draw the eyes of men. It's true. It just happens. That doesn't make that gift or talent bad to all of our great worship leaders and our choir participants, thank you for doing that. But your gifts and your talents will draw the eyes of man. We notice it. We see it because you're willing to put yourself out here vulnerably before us all and to sing and to use your gifts and your talents in such a way to be a blessing to the body. But, but not every gift and not every talent is measured by whether it seems valuable in the eyes of man. Nobody would have ever guessed what Brother Mooney, Nora Mooney, did in my life. I don't know that I would have made it through Bible college and made it into the workforce and been a diligent worker and someone that people could trust in my secular career if I had not first had those life lessons dealt very sternly to me by Brother Mooney. I don't know that I would have succeeded. I don't know that I would have made it. I don't know. But I do know this, that if we will encourage one another, if we will care about one another, if we will edify one another, if we will lift up one another, if we will keep our focus on building the body, then we can strengthen each other so that we can accomplish the work that God has for us to do. 
He has intended for the church to be powerful. He has intended for the church to not be held back by anything, but it takes the body working together for that intention to come to pass. God needs us. He needs us to work together. If you ask a bodybuilder how they got to the place where they have so much strength, how did you gain such muscle mass and definition? He will tell you or she will tell you all of the workouts that they do when they're in the gym, how they go from this machine to that machine and how they twist this way so they can get unique muscle groups that they don't typically hit. And, and they'll tell you all about it. And while you're there looking at them, you have to take them at face value because the results speak for themselves. But you ask the next person that same question and they're going to tell you their story. And they're going to tell you, I use this machine and I use that machine and, and I go here to do that and I leg press on this day and I bench press on this day and it's completely different from what we just heard the other bodybuilder tell us. But we look at them and we're like, the results speak for themselves. The reason for that is if you take all of these hundreds of exercises that they are doing on their own, their own workout regimens, and you pare that down into just two things that they should focus on, every one of them has put them in one of two categories. It is either a push exercise or it is a pull exercise. The only difference is that it's gauged upon if when you're lifting the weight, if you're pushing it away from you, it's a push exercise. But if you're pulling it towards you, it is a pull exercise. All of the exercises that they do can be summed up into one of those two categories, so much so that all they have to focus on and make sure when they're at the gym and they're going through their workout regimen is that they need to make sure that they're pushing uh, with their arms and they're pulling with their arms. That with their legs, they're doing push and pull exercises. That with their chest, they're doing push and pull exercises. As long as they cover the pushing exercise and the pulling exercise, they will build their strength from muscle group to muscle group. As the body of Christ, I believe that God's purpose for us is for us to reach into the lost and for us to edify the body. God is wanting us to constantly be prepared to reach into this world and pull people out of where they're at through our testimony. He wants us to be able to be a light that shines into their lives that says God has freedom for you. He wants us to be able to say to them, you can count on the fact that there is peace that goes so far beyond what you can ever understand when you are walking with the Lord. He wants you to be able to testify and to say that there's nothing like being in the love and in the presence of a mighty king and we're pulling people from this world. At the same time, we're pushing those that are in the body. We're pushing them forward. We're pushing them up. We're encouraging them. We're telling them, I see the potential that is there in your life, and I want you to continue on. I know you can do it. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't quit. Come on. Keep going. Let me get behind you. Let me push you, but don't let me forget. I'm pulling others along with me. I'm pulling them out of the world. And I'm pushing people forward in the body of Christ. 
as a church and as a body if we can focus on those two things. This is family focus month, but wanted to lay a foundation with the spiritual family. We need a strong church if we're going to have strong families. We do. If mothers and fathers are going to be able to bring their kids into this place, be impacted by the power of God, and then led and built and edified by the body of Christ, it can be done here. It can be done right here. Let's stand together for a moment. All across this place, let's just lift our hands. Let's just ask that God would help us to be a church that is always reaching for the lost and always edifying the body. God, I pray that you would help us to be an encouragement to one another. Lord, I pray, God, that you would give us words that would lift up our brothers and sisters and never tear them down. I pray, God, that you would bring to light in the lives of those who have felt like they don't have any value, any gifts or any talents because they don't measure up to others that they're comparing themselves to. Bring to light, God, the way that you can use them. Bring to light, God, the way that they can be an impact into the lives of those around them. God, we're praying, Lord, that you would strengthen us. Help us, God, to edify and to lift one another up, Jesus. God, that we're always reaching for the lost, Jesus. Always pulling people in, God. We're so thankful for what you did for us, God, that we're going to reach for others so they can experience the same thing. Lord, we believe in Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Can we put our hands together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.